0: Hey guys, I am so glad that you are chatting with us today. We are having a fun, extra special episode talking about Delia Owens' bestseller, one of the top grossing books of all time, Where the Crawdads Sing. I am so glad that you are here for it all with me today because we also have somebody who is literally like our own Kaya with us today, who's a biologist from the Carolinas, who is married with probably the same pairing as Kaya and her hubby in the movie. And it's so crazy because she's also a biologist and so is her husband. (laughs) <laughs> so I can't imagine a better person to have on the podcast. It totally worked out. We had both chatted and seen the movie and read the book and now we're ready to share it with you. So we are going to have so much fun in our mini book club impromptu episode on where the crawdads sing and we're talking all things instinct. So if you need just regular old Enneagram and marriage info, come on over to our other episodes or our website, enneagramandmarriage.com. And we're going to share Katie's info with you at the end of today too. But just to give you before she comes on in, she's going to jump in with some biology facts to set us up with the actual terrain. And then we're going to jump right into the instincts that we think everybody was in the movie and get into character and portrayal and lots of fun stuff. I'll first give you just a quick preview to refresh you if you haven't seen it or read it in a while. And for those who just want to know more about it as well. So basically, we have set in the 1950s and 60s, a story about a young girl who is tragically abandoned by her family due to their own traumas and hardships and abuse and neglect and mental illness. And she's living a solitary life uh, on a, a very swampy, marshy area. The townies call her swamp girl. And fortunately, there's a young man who takes interest in her. teaches her how to read. He's similarly aged just a couple years older a brother's friend and he ends up not only befriending her but really sharing and has already shared the love of the creatures of the marshes with her. And and they find such a connection, not just by their environment, but by their love and passion for nature and being naturalists together. And unfortunately, he leaves for college. And then another man swoops in on the territory who is not meant to be with Kaya, but who's just unhealthy and riding her coattails, basically, and also abusive. So when we get to the crux of the book, we find out that the first lover has left to go pursue education, doesn't think that this Marsh girl can fit with him well in society and has cast down his love in favor of his social. And then we have this other guy stepping in and we'll talk more about instincts, but he steps in to take over, but with his abusive patterns, creates such a kill or be killed for fight with kaya that there's a court case and later he is killed and we have to wonder throughout the whole movie who did the killing was it kaya because he was about to kill her was it perhaps even kaya's first lover who is of course coming back later jealous total spoiler there um Or is it that he gets killed by an accident? So you have this mystery, you have this triangular love story, which people love this trope of who's she going to end up with, what's going to happen. And of course, you find out pretty quickly it's not going to be the dead guy. Um, But we also want to know, is she going to end up with her true love? So I love, love, love this book, this movie. I highly recommend it to you. We're going to jump on into the conversation with Katie. Thank you again for joining us for Where the Crawdads Sing and totally Enneagramming it up with us. Katie, thank you so much for joining us for this special episode today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this.
0: (laughs) Me too. It was such a fateful time when you and I both approached each other saying, I just saw this movie. (laughs) So we had to do the episode together, right?
1: I just absolutely. I mean, I had to reach out to you because you're kind of my safe place to like reveal the emotional side Uh and I had to tell you about it. I was like, she's going to understand if I tell her this,
0: (laughs) but you didn't know I had just seen it and that this was the book my husband got me for Christmas. So I had normally not reading this kind of genre. I hadn't been able to stop reading it. I devoured it in a day and then had just got back from a date night with him watching it. So when you approached me, (laughs) I was like, I was just going to approach you.
1: That is so crazy. I mean, that is so fateful. I mean, I read this book in 2019, so I was like, oh, kind of wow. worried that I would not remember it, but I mean, there's no chance of that. And it was so outstanding.
0: Exactly. And I know that our audience knows from the preview a bit, but you're a five and you're also a biologist. So here I am just like, this is legit. Your perfect movie, right? In a way.
1: It was literally the most perfect movie that could ever be created for me.
0: I know I'm like, the worlds have officially merged when you put you, this movie together and our podcast today, guys, for those listening in on this convo, you're with us too. So grab your coffee and your tea and have fun because we're just delving into where the crawdads sing. You guys probably know that this movie is literally one of the best selling books of all time now made into a movie Taylor Swift's on the soundtrack and we here have somebody not only is Katie our guest a biologist and so similar to our main character of the show but you're also in the Carolinas right where which is where this story is taking place right ish
1: yes I'm in <laughs> South Carolina Columbia South Carolina so okay born and raised. <laughs>
0: wow okay totally so glad that we have you to share about the terrain a bit too because uh for those who don't know much about this movie and it please see it or read the book before if you're if you hate spoilers because there's going to be some of those today but um you were telling me about the fact that it's not even filmed there is that true
1: it's true um it's filmed in just um and the North Shore of New Orleans, in some parts, and then it's also for the town portion is filmed in Houma, Louisiana. So all okay. that's in Louisiana.
0: Okay, but you know the terrain in general, and even I do in Florida, that it is murky, it is swampy, and it it probably was it quite realistic for where they said the book was set.
1: I'm gonna get nerdy for a second, just um, for a
0: second here, guys. Yes.
1: <laughs> so it was filmed, um, um, April. Through July 2021, so it's actually kind of fresh off the press, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: yeah. And, and so, for those of you familiar, I don't know if you've seen Swamp People. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I haven't, but I bet some of our listeners have.
1: On the is uh, Swamp People is um from the History Channel, and that's also filmed near Homa, Louisiana. So you can kind of get your bearings that way. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the film, like in the beginning of the film, you see the young Kaya out in the Marsh Islands, and she sort of gets lost. But if you'll look, as a biologist, I look at those marsh islands, and they're very broken up, small, disjunct marsh islands. And so in that area, they have a lot of hurricane damage. And actually, those marsh islands, some of those are broken up due to like levee building, you know, in the Mississippi, and some of those sediments from the levee building, and from the river itself are diverted. And so the marsh islands do not get replenished. So they're kind of um, creating a bunch of disjunct habitat. And so there's you know, kind of, it's kind of dwindling, if you will. So you'll Mm -hmm. see a lot of tiny marshes. And so it would be very easy to get lost. I mean, I've kiked in the marshes before and it's, unless you have a good GPS, you might get lost. Mm. Um, So that's very, you know, very common. And so some of the plants that we kind of see in there, if you see the saw palmetto, um, so it looks very like a spiky plant that comes out, you know, the fronds kind of comes out as fingers. So you'll Mm -hmm. kind of see that all through. So when I first saw the trailer, I was like, this is definitely filmed somewhere in the South because Mm. Resurrection Fern is kind of a Southern species. Mm. So um, you might have reeds and things like that. And most relevant to us, I think, is the crawdads. Can you tell us what those are? So the crawdads are just little crustaceans that kind of live in the area. And so people, it's kind of a big, um, kind of a cash crop down there that Mm. they, you know, cultivate those and sell those off. So, you know, along with the the uh, clams that she sells, they bond over nature. And so he brings her to this island that she's she admits that she's never really been to that much to see these flocks of snow geese. Mm-hmm. And so he had the knowledge that those particular birds would be congregating in those areas. And he knew that she would love that. So, um One fun fact is snow geese tend to winter along the coast of Texas and Louisiana where Mm -hmm. this was filmed. So they're kind of present there January through April. Mm. So kind of at the beginning of where where this was filmed, Mm -hmm. they would have been there um, as a migratory bird. So they're extremely abundant there. So that's why you saw like huge flocks, actually kind of an overpopulation situation. But um, Uh that's why you saw so many of them.
0: Okay. Oh, that is so interesting. So you're giving us some of the backstory and I love hearing about the setting and how very real it is and how nice that is to see in movies versus just all fake from Hollywood. And also you're telling us as we briefly discussed before you came on some of the setting for the story in general why it would be easy to get lost in the marsh. And so I love hearing that for our guests just to picture it with us. And thank you for explaining what crawdads are. I honestly, genuinely did not know. So that's so cool. Now we're gonna talk about the instincts today. Um, What did you want to add in um, as a brief overview just to quickly remind people We've already talked instincts in the very recent episode. So I think people know the three instincts, but can you actually briefly let them know those three instincts?
1: Okay. So three instincts that Mm -hmm. are common to all types, Mm -hmm. but will show themselves differently for each type, Mm -hmm. each Enneagram type is Mm self-preservation, social and sexual, or sometimes called one to one. Mm -hmm. And so the self-preservation is more self-focused and, you know, family focused. Mm -hmm. So it's focused on kind of basic needs type thing. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: it's practicality, survival, um, you know, financial needs, things like that, Mm
0: -hmm. food,
1: shelter, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. sometimes
1: the way lighting is in a room, different things like that. So it's very Mm self-focused. And if you look at social, it's more focused on power dynamics, Mm -hmm. the group. Mm -hmm. And depending on what type it is, it may be like you want to go with a group or you want to push away from the group, but it's still focused on a group setting.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, so kind of a it's, differential
1: it's kind of an awareness of that plays into it, whether you want to follow it or not, it's, it's, you still have to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Then you have the sexual or one-to-one and that's mostly like your um, one-to-one relationships, one at a time. So your one-on-one relationships And it's also, um, can be sort of like a broadcast attract energy, very uh, energetic, Mm energetic feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a, um, and it could be a pushing boundaries also. So Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like a a slightly more aggressive, in my opinion, um, instinct. Mm,
0: I totally see that. And I, I think we have all of us, all three instincts. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, perfect. That really gives our audience a sense of like they're tracking with us and we we have our terrain, we have our sense of crawdads, but tell us about some of the ways that you think that this story kind of moves with the instincts. Um, if you think that there's any instincts involved and what those instincts are, and I'll chat with you about it too, but I know you have some notes about it.
1: Um. So Kaya, I think, is a self-preservation, in my opinion. She's Mm -hmm. very self-focused, doesn't seem to really care about the social. Um, I think she's aware of sort of what others think about her when she attends, especially when she attends school and just in different interactions with like Chase. Mm -hmm. But I think that's because other people have maybe brought that awareness to her. But I think she's definitely more self-focused in family because um, when everyone left her, she quickly like kicked into survival mode. There, I mean, it didn't even seem to skip a beat. She was like, all right, I got to make money because I got to survive. I got to have some food in here. What do I need? And so and then when she thought the land was going to be taken away from her by developers, she was like, all right, what do I need to do? I need to go and research the deed. I need to figure out, you know, she did have a tip from jumping in his wife about, do you have a title to the property? Like a practicality, like, do you have a title? Like, go find that. And she's like, "Mm, got it. And so Mm -hmm. at this point, she'd already learned how to read. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: she went into the deed office to figure out like anyone, anyone that pays these back taxes gets this property. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. So she was like, how do I make money? How do I make money to survive, to keep what I need? Mm -hmm. So I think she's preservation and Mm -hmm. her competency in both art and her mastery of like reading and writing and her in-depth, you know, naturalist, um, knowledge, you know, scientific knowledge mm-hmm. ultimately is what helped her survive. Like, I mean, I it was, mm-hmm. she, yeah, it's, you know, so she used her competency. I think she's a five. So um, mm-hmm. she used her competency for survival. Okay.
0: No, so I she love, wasn't,
1: mm-hmm. she wasn't necessarily putting that out. You know, she, she put out the books and everything, but her competency, I think was more focused on just let me survive and let me stay out here by myself self-focused, you know, she's not trying to have a standing in the community. She likely didn't even care about that. She mm-hmm. did her art and her research for her and her alone. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and you think about, um, I mean, she was mostly a teenager when she met Tate and, mm-hmm. you know, later teenage years when she was with Chase So she wasn't out there like lovesick in her boat, or at least it didn't show it looking for her love interest. Like where, where might they be? So she doesn't really give those sexual or one-to-one like relationship focused vibes to me. Like Mm -hmm. she let them come to her. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. And I think that that's really, really helpful for people who were curious. Like some of my family being all social subtypes were literally like shocked. Like how could she make it on her own? But it's like self-preserving subtypes it's kind of what they were born for like if i get stuck alone this is what i'll do and it might even not be so bad and that's seems to be how she survived like you said as a biologist you can understand with your um love of nature how you can fall in love with nature and find home there um oh, yes. so i love how you're <sighs> reminding people like if you're not a uh, self-pres type there's a lot of beauty that can be discovered when you do finally get past that initial fear of being on your own or your own. So be encouraged if that ever happens for even a brief time. But for me, I've lived a year on my own and I really needed that because you tend to have, even if you're like, she is a writer or you've got relationships you tend to still need a bit of time on your own. So I think that's a very realistic assessment that she needs her time to write, to think, to reflect, to study, to rest. And then she's very intentional with her relationships otherwise. But again, I don't think everybody would choose to make it. And her siblings who ran off, they did not choose to be self-prez, right? Basically.
1: Right. And that's the thing is she was quickly able to disconnect herself from the emotion of Mm -hmm. being abandoned and the fear Mm -hmm. of being out there by herself. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was scared to be in the house by herself. That's why she drug her um, bed to the porch so she can be out there and she can at least hear all the things that she loves so much instead of the creaks of the house.
0: Yes, that's true. So she didn't say, I want to be isolated from the world. It was people that were you know difficult for her and i felt that there was some similar themes to to kill a mockingbird scarlet letter for those who love american literature like i do i thought they did so, like i don't normally as i said really read books in this genre but to be honest it's like this theme and this woman who wrote it as you know zoologist conservationist i mean this is somebody who really knows her stuff and i think knows literature too to where she really brought out the themes of You know, these are hard places for self-pres types to be made fun of in the world and to be isolated feels at least like a bit of a solace, right?
1: Yes. Mm. Yes, definitely. Especially if you don't want to conform, you you just don't want any any part of that. Like you don't care what people really think about you. Yeah. And I really think that that was true about her. She really just didn't care. Mm. You know, and some of this is going to be, you know, if she's a five, like I think she is, my opinion again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I just thought so all, too. I it have was the just, same type. yeah, she was it was just too real for me for that <laughs> night. <laughs> I was like it, it was hard to watch. I'd be honest with you. Um, oh, wow. it was hard to watch and not cry. yeah um, mm-hmm. but so she quickly, I feel like she just you know kicked into that survival mode. she didn't brood on the emotion of everyone leaving her. And I think that also helped her survive a bit, her disconnection from emotions and her ability to observe that helped her live. Everyone else left and they were scared of the dad, but she was able to stay with him because she, it's even mentioned in the movie, she saw what other people did, her siblings did and learn from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and I've said that before too, and I won't even get into that on a personal level, but I've definitely <laughs> said that before. Mm-hmm. And she was observing on like, when's a good day to approach him? Like she sort of like, just like she take she would take in nature and observe the best times to go to different spots, yeah. especially the tidal cycles. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, but she observed her dad in that same way to determine when he was safe and when he wasn't and was even able to have some type of a cordial relationship, some semblance of that, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of, you know, her fear of like, and not want to be around people probably had some part to be, Um, from her dad, because he seemed like someone suffering from PTSD from the service. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, um, because he had a lot of anger and, Mm -hmm. you know, don't trust anybody type stuff. So probably some of that Mm -hmm. was carried over to her as well.
0: That's so smart. And a lot of the book I do remember since I read it a bit more recently, they do talk about the dad's backstory a bit and just how he fell into addiction and hardship and being destitute and just a lot of the socioeconomic issues of the South. So very realistic in that way um, for the time, which was 1950s sixties. And I'm really glad that you're just reminding people that there is usually a reason why we fall into the instincts. Now Kaya had some lovers in her story. So that's why I said like, hopefully none of this is spoilers for you guys. You're like, yes, we know this we're tracking. Um, And her main love of her life was Tate, and I didn't know if you had a sense for his instinct when you were watching him or his type.
1: I think he was. I think he was possibly a one, mm-hmm. and like a social one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I the had re- that too. the the reason I think is that he was a social instinct. So we'll start with the instinct first. He's very kind of others focus. He understood the power dynamics of the community, understood what power that Chase had in the community and how others would, um, their perceptions of him Mm -hmm. and what type of guy he was. Mm -hmm. And because it didn't even look like they had a relationship, but he was smart enough to sort of know what that was like. And he carried that back to, to Kaya to tell her, you know, not to get involved with this guy. Yeah. And he was always, um, he has to explain those power dynamics to her. And then he was also very realistic about her not being able to survive in his world. Cause he's correct. She's Mm -hmm. not coming into that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. If he wants
1: her, she, he's going to her. So he understood that much about, um, everything. And I think he was a one because he was always, you know, he even mentioned this in the movie, um, when they were on the island, looking at the snow geese on her birthday, they start to take it a bit further, um, intimacy wise. And he stops and says, it isn't right. This is not right. I want to do the right thing by you. This is not right. Mm, and
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: so, you know, kind of mainly due to their age, but, um, he also knew how the community was sort of view her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some- if something were to happen, he just knew how everything would sort of trickle down socially. Mm-hmm.
0: And that was very, yeah, what a great reminder you made. And it was his one and his social because there's a sense of right and wrong and the sense of which I think is beautiful that he also knew for a female, just because a lot of the themes of this book are about survival in the wild. He's like a woman in the wild does not do as well unprotected and pregnant. So I really got the sense that he even meant it on a deep deeper level
1: of survival. Yeah, I mean I'm sure you're right. Um, and also, you know, this is 1969, so oh, there was a lot of properness going on oh, and you're right. Mm-hmm. you know, females should dress like this and act like this if you're proper. Mm-hmm. Um you know, in the south, I grew up in the south, so I mean that's mm-hmm. just how it goes. Yeah, you know, you're a- wrong there's a lot of tenants from that, you know, time period as well. Mm -hmm. And girls, you know, proper girls don't live by themselves because they're literally no Mm chaperones and anything could happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's why his dad, the shrimper was talking to him, like, you know, just be careful, you know, how things can be perceived. So he's also giving him that, you know, just helping him get, you know, oriented to the social environment, how that would sort of play out. Mm -hmm. Um, but another reason I think Tate was a one is because he was, you know, um, looking out for what was best for her, not, was not what was best for him. He was teaching her. They bonded over knowledge. They bonded over nature. Um, he wanted to empower her to be the best she could, to be self-sufficient. And he was also smart enough to realize that she would not take a handout. So he has to help empower her with the tools that she already has to be the best she can so she could take care of herself. Mm. And he knew that that's what she wanted. Hmm,
0: how loving. And uh we really know that social subtypes look out for others first and not always, but usually. So that is, oh, just beautiful. And what a cool character. Now he has his failings as well. Like you alluded to that, he really does fall into putting what others say is right ahead of love and whether that's a wrong or a right, you can hear from me where I lean um, because I don't lean social. Um, I would put love and self-preserving first before what the society would say. But we know the social instinct has a lot of nobility to it. So I'm not negating it or saying he's wrong. But we do know that for a choice um, later, he found the sexual subtype within him to be so strong that he did feel like it was a mistake. Did you perceive that too?
1: Yes. Yes. I totally agree with that. Yeah.
0: Um, Wow. That's hard. That would, that hit me on a raw emotional level as well, because I had some similar experiences, even though I thought it was a five, one dynamic. I was like, I bet a lot of us have had some of these dynamics in our youth and it really hit and my eyes welled up and I was like, Whoa, this is touching some stuff. So I get it girl. Why you were like, Whoa, this movie, I can't even imagine it being my exact type.
1: it it was just overpowering because that's literally how my husband and I got together was he was teaching me things about nature, like botany and plants that I didn't know about before. (laughs) So it literally was like a missing piece of the puzzle and the way that he was so genuine and caring and looking out for me. And he's also, you know, empowers me on a daily basis, Mm. you know, as a leader, Mm. which sometimes it's hard to see myself as one, but Mm -hmm. he helps me see, um, and he's, you know, he's very confident, but not in an arrogant way. And he doesn't seem to be challenged by her knowledge or her success, like with publishing. Mm -hmm. Um, Unlike Chase was challenged by that.
0: Yes. I love that you and your hubby have had this moment where he's like, Hey, I know how to help you to rise up. I'm not embarrassed or afraid for you to be good too. And you're saying Chase did not have that. He had to be on top. What subtype, or we're going to use the word instinct here. Do you think that he is or was in the
1: movie mostly? He was, he was sort of tough for me to figure out a bit. Um, he felt, I feel like he's like a sexual subtype. Mm-hmm. I did too. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was maybe a type eight. Mm, Okay. And
0: I only had three or eight. I didn't have anything farther differentiated, but I see that. Tell tell us more about your thoughts around this. And I know it's fresh.
1: He was literally just charged by the lusty desires. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think he was a body type, Mm -hmm. you know, he's just, he was driven, like, especially when, you know, things happen and she pushed him away. That just made him go towards her even harder. Mm -hmm. So it was like more of a challenge for him. And I think she was always a challenge to be mastered for him. Mm. So, you know, he liked that challenge and he wanted to connect with her. You know, initially he tried to push in the intimacy with her before he even got to know her, but he was trying to use that as a way to get to know her. And yeah. so, and eights are kind of like that, you know, they're just sort of like, that's how they connect with people on that physicality first. Mm. Um Mm-hmm. So when when she tells him of her first publishing success, he tells her to not get the big head in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I read the book like three years ago, so I can't remember yeah. exactly for the book. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. suggesting that he was possibly a bit jealous or challenged by her success mm-hmm. um, because he had just he thought the big news is he made um, a manager at the auto part store. So, mm-hmm. and then she's like, oh, I published a book, you know, but she wasn't trying to one up him at all, but yeah. she was just trying to have someone to confide in. Yeah. And she was always looking for that confidant too. Yeah. So maybe she was self sexual and socially bonded. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I thought so. And I think that you're on totally on the spot for him being a sexual in the lead and a social secondarily. Um, because I think that we all have somewhat of a repressed spot. There's some challenge we've all had in one of these centers. And so I think that he did well. He was the quarterback of the football team and he did well socially and he did well, like you said, on a one-to-one level. Uh, There was a lot of family friction at home. Often a sexual subtype has been Triangulated. And I thought that the movie did a better job than the book in this way. That the movie was good about letting you have a piece of his backstory so that he wasn't completely villainized, but that he was now broken and abusive and dangerous to the point of something needs to be done, something huge, or he's going to kill Kaya. So I really, really do think that most people, even if they are the sexual instinct, they know, yes, if I'm unchecked, it's the kill or be killed instinct. So that's why we do live in a society with rules, norms, why we do get self-care. And he just, like you said, the Southern culture prized him. It only fed his ego, which was the unhealthy part of him. And it only fed him leaning harder into his social and sexual and least of all in taking a step back and seeing what did he want to do with his life? I felt bad for him in that way, that out of all the characters in the book, it seemed like he was the least developed as a person. I don't know if you felt that.
1: Yeah. I mean, definitely. Because, I mean, you can tell that he's very insecure when he sees Tate at the boat dock and he calls him college boy. I mean, you can tell Mm -hmm. right off. He knows exactly. He was so insecure about that. Like this guy seems very insecure. Oh, that's a great point. And then he divulges his vulnerability to Kaya saying that his friends don't even know the real him. So vulnerability is the Achilles oh heel. Gosh.
0: And then okay. when he yeah. finally
1: tells her this, that's like the eighth Achilles heel. So when he finally mm-hmm. tells her this, he's mm-hmm. like, I have to keep her because she's the only one that knows this. She might have power over me now.
0: Yes, Yes. Oh, I hear that. And that was why he had to get rid of her. And like you said, the vengeance piece put the eight in front. And as we process this together, I see that and I see the three and the achievements and in the I've got to make sure that I have um, you're not above me and you know, we're, we're pleasing to what we need to be in terms of me and my pristine image and not knowing my friends don't know me. I wear a lot of masks. Like I get all the three stuff, but I think that at the end of the day, um, I think it's beyond personality type, but I think the eights in front. And I think the addiction took over and that she becomes his addiction that after work, after the fiance, after the hard days, when you want to kind of go and kick the dog and you don't know, and you're at that point where you're like, I need some self-soothing of some point he's like, I have a built-in addiction and it's Kaya and I can go visit her anytime I want. And she's kind and she's a good listener as a five and she's caring and thoughtful and giving um, because fives are very relational. So I think even though they're they're introverted often. Um, so I think that it's so sad because like you said, he wasn't developed and now his, unfortunately that vice of the eight just kicked right in and said, addiction, not being met, I'm gonna go down to my lowest, Right.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and she was also, um, you know, like kind of the sexual subtype, like a possession of his. Mm. Like she belonged to him. Mm. You know, there's very much strings yeah, attached. Right. I'm going to take yeah. you on this trip mm-hmm. for work. I'm going to take you to this nice. I mean, it's not nice. It's just like a motel. And <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to take you here in, in the big, you know, automobile <laughs> or whatever, you know, like made it to be like such a romantic time when, if you saw the movie, that didn't look like a romantic time to me. Um, just as soon as he got her into the room, just like kind of took advantage of the whole situation Mm -hmm. and didn't make sure that her needs were met or anything like that. So it's just, just, just such a possession. Like I'll take you here, but this is the ulterior motive. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and he, he just seemed to me like just such a physical guy. I mean, he's a quarterback, so he Mm -hmm. physicality was not a problem for him. Um, he destroys her house when he can't get to her mm-hmm. and then all of her prized possession that hurt me like real bad. Yeah. I was like, that would oh. make me want to kill.
0: Yeah. In anybody
1: <laughs> in my writing, you're <laughs> out, you're out of here. Um, <laughs> really? That was hard to see, but he's just, mm. he's very physical, but I think maybe he was like self-prez repressed because he didn't, you know, he just thought his strength was the end all be all. And he ended up, you know, being killed by someone like much smaller than him, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, that was, he didn't know his true, I guess, I don't know, his weaknesses, maybe he didn't think he had any.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that unfortunately, when we don't take the time to develop and balance all the instincts, we can miss a huge part of ourselves and learning that he could have had some autonomy too. He could have said to the social people in his life, you know what, like I have found a rare gem, which I think he did know he had. And I think he was impressed. Of course, we both know that he felt intimidated by that, but he could have made the choices that would have given them a good life together. And then she would have just looked back on Tate like, dang it, like we were first loves and that can never be repeated, but you also abandoned me and now I have a good guy who's been here and she would have had a life with him had he gotten healthy. Um, So I think that was unfortunate for him because she was ready and waiting. And when Tate comes back into her life, she is not interested at first because she does have that good self-prez autonomy that says I am worth something. And you didn't see that and I don't need society to tell me who I am. Like you said earlier, Katie. So I'm really, I'm glad that she didn't end up with Chase because I honestly do think Tate was her true love. And I do believe that they were meant for each other. I don't know how you felt about that.
1: Oh yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, you could definitely mm-hmm. see that both of them, especially if they're in this scene when, you know, they agree to be, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever, mm-hmm. um, when they meet at the tree and uh-huh. they have sort of like the little <laughs> whirl of wind and leaves and they sort of get caught up in that. Mm -hmm. Um, gonna cry (laughs) it was just beautiful you know because he could sit there and be you know his childlike demeanor that's why I thought he was a one because he's like caught up in like the best of everything because he could go out and he could adventure with her and he can be childlike with with the wonder and then you know her as a little girl was just seemed to be full of whimsy and wonder and um just they could do that together Mm -hmm. and But when I saw them getting all together, I was like, I was already crying before that, but I started like crying loudly. And I was like, I'm going to have to go in the, (laughs) I'm going to have to go in the restroom. I mean, my daughters are with me and they were like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm not okay. I'm ready to get out of here. (laughs) Get me out of here now. Um, It it really hit me in the emotions. I mean, it was, I cried with the book, but this is, I was there with a friend. She was like, you cried the entire time. She said
0: that. Oh, well, she was like,
1: you will not even show me your face. I was like, that's why I wore a hoodie into the movie theater.
0: Oh, oh my gosh. How beautiful. Because guys, for those who are looking for a cathartic movie, I know that yeah. this is just one for all of us. And I really made a decision being a self-pressed type. I was like, should I cry? Should I not cry? Like, It wasn't my exact story, but there was enough elements, like I said, from myself and from probably many of us um, that you could, if you were in that space for it. And I was like, it would be a very sweet cry right now, but I'm also having a really fun date night with my husband. And we're. it was like, you were emotional. You were soft. You were in it. You had tears going. Um, and then Katie, you got an even bigger blessing because you got to just let it out to just there was a lot there that you were touched by and
1: that hit you so hard and probably made you just appreciate your husband so much. Oh my gosh. I mean, I came home, I was telling um, Krista this before we started recording, I came home and I wanted to, (laughs) I was, you know, just that idealistic, you know, of the four wing. I wanted to come home and tell my husband like how much he meant to me Mm -hmm. and how this was our movie and we need to see it together and, you know, just tell him all the things about this couple and then the kids like barged in and the dogs. <laughs> so it kind of, but honestly, after mm-hmm. I saw the movie, mm-hmm. I wanted to, because I do use like movies and music to help me get my emotions out. But I do yeah. that in private. And I really wanted mm-hmm. to tell my friend, like, I just want to go home after this because I need to go get into my closet mm-hmm. where my little office is yeah. and cry. I want a good cry. I want to really process this movie mm-hmm. is what I really wanted to do.
0: That's, um, I'm still there. I think that for those who ha- are seeing it, like we
1: need our time for that
0: because it's that yeah. good. It's like, that I, good. Yeah. You got some of it, but you even needed more.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, my body, I felt so sort of tired and drained after that emotional release. Like I couldn't even think straight because we went to a restaurant after that. I couldn't even think to order. Oh, no, I was like, no. I don't even care yeah, what I, I wouldn't eat. have been able to. Yeah. I had on sunglasses yeah. in there. <laughs> That's my so but it's it was oh, crazy it's crazy because around around here, the movie theaters, like the only the only seats that we could even get were like right up at the front, which was kind of crazy. Mm. You know, it's very close range to watch a movie, but mm-hmm. it's there were so many people in there and just so many yeah. people love the right. book.
0: Right, and just, it's
1: crowded. I'm so curious to hear. I even like brave the crowds for that. And I am going back to see this Saturday with a different set of friends.
0: (laughs) Are you? Oh, I love that. I might be. I'm definitely taking my daughters and my one friend, Anna, um, because it's like that. It's that kind of good. So maybe we'll just prepare to cry. Both of us.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm going to bring like a a band, a bandana, (laughs) like a handkerchief, (laughs) like something more substantial than Kleenex. Mm -hmm. Like I need something big.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so with you. And I feel like it's just what we need sometimes to get soft with our spouse, even though you haven't yet had the chance to really let down with him about it. There will come a time when as a body type, he's ready to hear about it and to be in that space. Um, I know for Wes, he was first very triggered by not only my story because it was a little bit close, like I had a boyfriend who was an environmental engineer who went off two years ahead of me to college and left me. Um, and then Wes came along, who is the quarterback. So like, trust me when I say, oh my goodness, we had some things. Theme- But Wes was actually the sweeter Tate figure of the story. So that was the reversal um, and the one. Um, So but so it's not like we weren't thinking of us, but I noticed first as a social type, his first was as a parent because he was like, that child looks like Hannah. And then like every time Chase would come on, he was like, oh my gosh, if that ever happened to my girls, I'm punching him, you know, and it was. It was so funny. Like his instincts came out and I'm was like, it's a really good date night movie. It's so good. Like, and he's like, Yes, it is. But like, I would be so mad. I would do exactly what Tate did. He would not, you know, and it was just like, okay, he can't get past this right now because he's an instinct type trying to protect a child. Um, so I, I was like, right. he knows I can handle myself, but he can't imagine our kids. But then he started to transfer it to me. And today I got a, a message where he was like, hi, Marsh girl, you know, <laughs> so he oh my still he's he likes to chew on things a lot more than me. Like I knew I needed to do this episode quick with you. Cause I knew it would like, after I see it again and process it, it's done. But for him, he's going to be chewing on it for a while. I don't know if you're like that or if you're
1: more yeah. like me. I'll be chewing on it for a while. I wrote it up. I'll be looking at it and rereading it and just thinking about different things. I'll add to my notes. And those notes are only for me. Oh, that's so
0: sweet. And you're a five. So you look back and you really savor, which is really beautiful.
1: Yes. And I feel, um, yeah. I mean, and I don't know. Um, When I was on your podcast before, I thought it was a six, like Mm -hmm. six wing five. And I'm like, oh, it's a strong five wing. And then I realized I'm like, it's really a five.
0: Yes. Oh, thank you for clarifying that. Cause you and so, I talk so much outside of here, but listeners might be like, I remember her and she's a six, <laughs>
1: right, so, right? But we
0: know that six and five have a lot in common and, and there's a lot nature. And so there's just a lot there. But as far as this book and movie, I do know there's one other element that I want to discuss about instincts because I know, and like I said, please know guys, spoilers ahead, but with Kaya, Did you also sense the sexual instinct coming out in her through the movie? And if so, how?
1: Um, I mean, she definitely wanted that one person to connect with Mm -hmm. the whole time. And, you know, I don't I don't see like a broadcast and attract thing with her as far as the sexual, but just that deep conversation. And she would, you know, lead, you know, have questions for for the different guys leading them into their vulnerability and like asking them more. And she really wanted to go deeper with them as, Mm -hmm. you know, because when she was with Tate at the tree, she um, asked him more and told him that he, it was a comfortable spot for him to talk to her about the death of his mother and his, and his sister in the car wreck. Mm -hmm. And so he was able to be very vulnerable with her. And soon as he was very vulnerable with her, she saw that she checked that, you know, genuine, aspect and the connection then they were you know started to kiss or whatever Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean she's looking for that and then when she was talking to chase on the dock you know um she was asking about his friends and you know of course she would see them in town when she went to sell her um her clams he she knew that he was, you know, had a bunch of friends and he never talked about those with her. So she was asking him about that. And he said, well, they don't know me. They don't know the real me. And -hmm. so she just kept asking questions about the vulnerability. So I just, it just seemed to me that she was trying to just go deeper and deeper and deeper with him in the conversations. And she really wanted that love. Um,
0: Oh oh my gosh. And once she
1: experienced it, You know, because I think she disconnected herself from her emotions, you know, as we do, Um, but especially just for her survival. She can't brood over emotions when she's just trying to survive. So she had to disconnect from that. And Mm. when she, you know, um, meets Tate, then she fell in love with him and she claims it was the fullness she hadn't felt for years. Mm. So she allowed that love into her life and um, just that connection. So mm-hmm. I really feel like she was very and she's I mean she's you know pushing boundaries I mean just her existence is pushing boundaries. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Um I feel like yeah I mean I I can easily see you know and just also you know the vengeance part um <laughs> mm-hmm. where she's she's going to make sure that you know it's either you or me and you're mm-hmm. going down because I'm yeah. not going to live in fear. I'm going to take care of this right now. Mm-hmm. Um So that was my take.
0: Yeah, and I really like your take because I think it's very spot on that the sexual instinct for those who have had reasons to suppress it comes out in adolescence when we finally get permission to let it out. And I think that we often put that instinct out to find a mate and then come back to our other instincts and i like that you also said when it was needed for the killer be kill instinct there it was again so i think that people don't know about instincts and so they're like hey let's judge in a courtroom and they forget like maybe somebody is seeming social or self president or very healthily sexual, and they don't know when somebody's life is threatened, which she alludes to in her writings, which is the fun twist at the end um, that you really see. No, she did have a very strong survival instinct and she was going to be killed. So she had to make that choice, right? Right. Wow. Well, that's really cool. And do you think, I know we're ending, but do you think before we do that the town had any... Um, kind of personality or instinct, because I notice with the town that they seem to have sort of, I think most towns do probably a certain instinct. Um, I mean,
1: I would say social.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought, too. They I mean, it's very just judgy.
1: Well, I mean, it's the time and it's also, you know, a southern town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's all it is, is judgment. Yeah. So it's literally, yeah, it's the main thing. Like, if you're not doing what everybody thinks you should be doing, that you're wrong. Um, You know, in in, even now in 2022, in some Southern towns, like women still kind of only typically have certain jobs. And if you have different jobs, like I'm a scientist, you know, biologist, like that's not very feminine. Mm -hmm. Um, According, you know, in some places I've been, I'm just not even going to name any cities, (laughs) but they're like, you do what? And it's just like all the people that I meet from that town, they just, there's like, I don't even know what to say. Like mm-hmm. There's no, I don't even know how to make a conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not
1: that I'm better, but I just, I don't know any commonality. You know, if I say something, they look at me like I'm a freak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're Like, well, so I just think, you know, it's just the norms there. Everybody wore the same kind of clothes. Everybody dressed the same hair, the same, did the same things. And this was proper and that was proper. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I can't even imagine living in a situation like that. I mean, there's no way that, I mean, I don't know. It just, it seems so far from the social norm. Mm. You know, it wasn't just a couple things, but if you're living out in a, that's kind of like away from the norm now, Mm. (laughs) if you're living in a marsh by yourself and you're a child, I mean, that's just unfathomable.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I think that you've really named it well, that they were just dealing with, the social subtype as a culture, like you know, towns do, because that's the nature of a town, but that we're really noticing that it's real in your life, it's been very real. And that's been very important to your story is that you know who you are and you're a self-prez type like Kaya. So you one more commonality. <laughs> and so and so there you go. I mean, you're not always self-prez, but I mean, just in the five-ishness, like fives being self-prez. And so I think that that's really cool that you can say, like, we, we both have had to rise up against people in the South who haven't believed in us. And then I love that there's this one, I think a nod to Atticus Finch courtroom to Kill a Mockingbird uh, lawyer who takes on the case pro bono and shows us the good in the world. Um, And I think that he's so sweet to really say, like, I believe that you have dignity. And um, I think that that was one of my favorite characters, too, that I didn't expect to be seeing.
1: Right. And he was saying at the end in the closing comments, um, right before they made you know, gave the verdict, um, that he, he admits like he judged her too. And even though he was nice to her, yes. he still judged her. Brought that up. Yes. And, you know, he's, he's, you know, guilty of not seeing the good in her because I mean, she's out there doing the, be- I mean, no one gave her any credit. Like you're a child in the marsh and you raised yourself mm-hmm. and you fed yourself. And I mean, you're out there living in all these, el- no one, no one said that at all. That was not even, it was never mentioned anywhere, the book or the movie. It's just Mm -hmm. like, this is, this is like a total like bad day. I mean, she's out there doing everything Mm -hmm. and just trying to survive and mind her own business. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, And I think you're right. It was totally undermined because I think females are just starting to get their voice and we're learning how not to shut down men in the process, but it's really nice to be able to say we have seen some growth and progress, but there's still more to do and we need each other. And she unfortunately didn't have many females, but I really liked how Mabel and Jumpin, the black African-American, however you feel comfortable sharing that, whether that's your culture or not. Um, I'm from Detroit and we often said African-American. I think that that's a really important couple. They have faith. They have a similar story of hardship and they're really comfortable to say like, we get you, we can't hold you fully, but we understand that um police are important but not always in cases like this where they're not liable to see what's going on underneath so and that isn't me saying police aren't important now they are i have a lot of good friends that are police officers you've heard some of them on the podcast it's just some situations are super complex so i like that they were able to hold space for her in this time and in this space
1: and they were also you know again they empowered her they knew that she had incredible strength
0: mm. so
1: and they they knew that she wouldn't really take a handout. That's why they were like, well, you know, we already have these shoes from our church donation bin. So here, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just sort of like stick them in your bag and no big deal. Because if they try to give it to her, they try to give her this sucker as a kid, Mm -hmm. her dad, I'm sure was like, don't trust anyone. Don't take handouts people. There's always an ulterior motive, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So Mm he had already trained her for that. And they were, they were smart. And they were, I loved how there was so much nonverbal communication going on between those you know, that whole dynamic, you know, Kaya and um that couple. I love that couple too. I mean, the way that it was so heartbreaking when she basically um said without saying, you know, that Chase did um take advantage of her and how he wanted to sort you could tell he wanted to go to him. Um (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you know he wasn't gonna make the situation worse or anything like that. I think that was kind of a teaser you know, mm-hmm. it, so it could like take you off on those tracks. Like it could be jumping or it could be Tate mm-hmm. when he said, get out of town for the week or whatever. So mm-hmm. it was kind of, you know, did have those tenets of um, suspense, mm-hmm. but I really loved the, I really love that a lot of the nonverbal communication. And I think there's a lot of power in that
0: just mm-hmm. putting your
1: hand on someone else's yes. and letting just the energy flow from one person to the other and just have that moment of like really deep connection and, mm-hmm everything doesn't have to be about words to be very, you know, meaningful, Mm -hmm. you know, because it was funny when she learned how to read, she was like, I didn't realize words held so much meaning because she'd done so much nonverbal.
0: Yes. And then Tate's like, well, they all don't like a lot of people don't use words well or with care. And, um, I love how you're, you're aware, like Jumpin had reason to do that, you know, as a black man in town, he knew, I'm a person of color and I need to be careful about the way that I speak, but I also care about you and I'm looking out for you. So there's that balance of instinct, social, self-prez. He had a good marriage. He and his wife had some fun banter. There's the one-to-one. And it's nice to show them as a foil couple for her and Tate later, Like, um, and I shouldn't say foil couple, but just a hopeful couple that is a bit of a foreshadow for her and Tate later, because um, it's a beautiful love story. And I think we've shared with our audience today, there's mystery, there's suspense, there's a lot of Enneagram, there's a lot of personal processing. So we're both highly recommending that people see it, right?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm so happy that you invited me on the podcast, because you can tell with my exuberance, you know, usually I don't speak at this rate of (laughs) enthusiasm, but I... I am pumped. I'm still on a high from this movie Me
0: too.
1: Yes. Um, anyway, I'll say one more thing because it was in <laughs> yes. my notes and it's like, yeah. Calling to me to speak yes. of, of why I think she's a five because there was, um, her impulse was always to run. So when something happened, you know, like when Tate broke it to her that he was leaving for college, she was so upset she like automatically shut down and like ran away from him so there's the withdrawal anyway I just wanted to at least mention that
0: I love that you did that because that just helps us to understand our fives better and uh something that didn't stand out to me and I love that you reminded us of that so that we can really learn what to do and when a five does run away do you think that we wait for them
1: or do you think we go chase a little bit um I think they want you to chase a little bit um not immediately, because they might want to have a private cry and process yeah. a bit, but yeah. they do want you to come to them. I do want someone to come to me. I'll be honest with you. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I unreal, unrealistically expected that a lot in the beginning of my marriage. Um, yeah. And that's not how, you know, he, yeah. he thought, well, you shut down. And so I can't do anything with that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, that's why we have such long-term marriages is we have so many times to figure out the dance and learn and now it changes and shifts. And so, oh my gosh, thank you so much for joining me today. This was absolutely the highlight of my day. So much fun. Thank you. And I'm just glad we're both, um, learning from it and we both need some good journaling. So I hope our audience with us, will see it, we'll read it. We'll journal with it. We just want to grow together. So thanks guys. And thank you so much,
1: Katie. Again, where can people find you if they want to follow you more or hear your pod? Uh, the main place is on Instagram at we are all human podcast. And on there, you can find links to my podcast and all that and connect with me, send, you know, catch me in the dm or whatever
0: (laughs) awesome okay we will and i know i will and i'll see you around and i hope that you guys have a wonderful day thank you again guys bye thank you again for listening with us it was so wonderful to have you i love knowing we're doing this journey together not perfectly but with love grace and hopefully some fun too if you love today's episode make sure you leave us a five-star review at apple podcast or spotify so others can find it too Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as anyagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.